0: There was a prompt that was, what do you think your habitual intentions are? And they listed some examples like to be right, to win, to sound smart, to be sanctimonious or righteous, you know, to seem like holier check, than thou. Check, check <laughs> yeah, me. me too, right? <laughs> it's like, whoa, I do all of these. <laughs> and what's crazy is like, when you think about that, you're like, oh, but like, what I really care about is just like understanding the other mm. and connecting. That's what I really want.
1: Welcome everybody to this episode of Authentic Relating and I have a conversation with Benjamin Haynes and I met Benjamin about a year ago. I was really impressed by his presence, his calmness and his intentional way of speaking and after doing this podcast with him and my respect for him has certainly increased. So let me tell you a little bit more about Benjamin. Benjamin is a Southerner. He's a meditator and a yogi and a spicy food addict. And most recently, an evangelizer of authentic relating. Originally from Nashville, Tennessee, he graduated from University of North Carolina Chapel Hill in 2017 and then taught English for a year in Malaysia on a Fulbright grant. Recently, he joined the company Authentic Relating Training and is passionate about their intersection of relationships and presence. So in our conversation, that's where we go. We focus on what is authentic relating. And Benjamin also told us about his path into getting interested in such presence of communication like nonviolent communication training, authentic relating training. He also gives us some tips and some exercises that he is doing presently in his training to really help people experiment with relating with presence and authenticity. I really enjoyed my conversation with Benjamin. He's a wonderful representative of the younger generation that I have a lot of hope for that's going to transition our world into a more focused way of authentic relating so here we go my conversation with benjamin authentic relating let's talk about it all right hey benjamin hey prepo what's going on ah man i'm really glad that you walked through the forest and we get to do this and uh i love uh talking with you and I'm I'm so glad that you wanted to do this podcast on authentic relating.
0: Yeah, it's it's really great to be here with you. I'm feeling uh just grateful right now to have uh, a friend like you and and excited to to talk about what we're going to talk about.
1: Sweet. So we met about a year ago New Year's Eve at an intimate get together from yeah. our mutual friend Thomas. I got introduced to you and my family got introduced to you and when we were sharing and going around about what we wanted for our, our new year's focus and what to let go what to bring in you had such a, a presence and the way that you explained yourself and and the vulnerability and i was like thinking to myself holy shit man this kid is excuse me <laughs> your kid you know you're, <laughs> yeah yeah you're 25 25 yeah, yeah 25 years old and i was like wow you know it's i'm so excited for your future you know to be like that how did how did you cultivate this kind of grounded or presence and and be attracted to to focus on authentic relating Mm. well
0: first thank you for saying that i i appreciate it i also feel although i i I do have some amount of presence it's one thing about like kind of learning and and the way i see the path is that anytime you sort of have this sense, oh, I, I know that I basically I, I'm expressing that I feel like I still have a long way to go and have mentors who are, are teaching me so much, but I, I do appreciate that. The main sort of portal for me into this world of vulnerability and presence was meditation. And so it was my, my junior year of college, the summer before my junior year, I read a book called 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Dan is the an ABC news anchor who got really into meditation. And he really wrote the book for, for people like me who didn't have any affiliation with Buddhism or didn't know much at all about meditation. And it was kind of a, a right place, right time thing. It was the perfect book for me to read. And at that point, I started doing about 10 minutes a day. Then my, my junior spring, I studied abroad in London, um, and that was a, one of the first time periods where I really got to deepen, sort of started practicing introspection in my life, started noticing really small ways that meditation would help me off of the mat. And so that, that's kind of my, my portal into this world is, is meditation and mindfulness.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it a daily practice or did you build up to a daily practice?
0: Right. I built up to a daily practice. Um, the first six months or so it's, it's hard, right? I mean, anyone who's started a meditation practice can tell you, you, you just don't feel like it sometimes, or you, you sit down and you're like, after one minute, you're like, you're like ready to give
1: up. So gradually I, I built towards a daily practice. Yeah. How is that benefiting you with the focus of authentic relating? How, how's you, how have you taken your meditation practice and put it into the real world of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's benefited me in so, so many ways. It's, I really see meditation and mindfulness and, and authentic relating. They're they're sort of two sides of the same coin in many ways. Meditation is, is, is a lot about introspection and, and being with yourself, noticing what thought patterns are serving you or not serving you. And then authentic relating is about the other. And so, you have to sort of hold both and and that's the challenge. but the benefit is that meditation has has allowed me to have an awareness of self and other in and in, in kind of hold both at once. even within a single conversation, you know right now i'm I'm looking at you prepo, but i'm I'm sitting here looking out at you and so I'm able to to feel my body and and a little bit of like, the emotions I have going on and still ma- maintain eye contact and sort of know, know what's going on with you and holding both at once is is a challenge but is one of the purposes of authentic relating
1: how in this moment would you and I take another step deeper into authentic relating like what do you think that you would do or that you would offer me to do to take it to another level of authentic relating now that we have this awareness of of i and you and us
0: <laughs> yeah one of the breakdowns i really like is is talking about like three different levels of a conversation so the first is like informational and so that's that's what's happening at the informational level and then there's there's like a personal level of conversation so maybe like informational is is you and i talking about what happened in our morning but then personal would be like you know you shared with me earlier a little bit about your son and what's going on with his thesis work and that would be i can maybe ask like you know f- for you prepo like what does that mean for you personally to to see your your son doing a really cool thesis like like what does that mean to you that's kind of the personal but then the then you can drop into the relational and so dropping into the relational in this moment would mean me sort of checking in to to see how your presence and being in your house, like makes me feel. And so doing that, you know, being with you, Prepo, I feel a certain amount of safety. I also feel a certain eagerness to explore like topics together. So there's like this energy, like a little bit of a forward energy that's really nice. Um, And so I have like a, just a a feeling of being safe. Like I get to express myself, but also kind of a, a respect for you for who you are, for your work, and that carries me into that that energy to explore. So that's that's a little bit of practicing dropping into the relational level. Is, is sort of naming to me how how you make me feel.
1: Mm. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot coming up around that, and and what's bubbling a little bit is the way that your cadences and that presence to take a moment. You're very reflective you pause and you feel out the question. I'm sure like an internal curiosity or what you discussed the other day about choice point yeah. of, of of speaking. So I think what's coming up for me too is that curiosity of the choice point, how we relate, and also maybe your own journey about that vulnerability to take up your your space, to pause, to feel into a question or a feeling to how you want to express. Mm, mm. I think one,
0: one thing about having three siblings Prepo, is that at the family dinner table, so much of it was about taking up space and there's this like competition and that can lead to some sort of scene conditioning in, in, in my own life around not liking how I'm showing up taking a pause even just now, I, I was, I, I reflected, Oh yeah. Like what, what taking a pause does is it rather than being tugged into the next thing I I'm going to say sort of on autopilot, I I'm taking that moment to say, what, what do I want to say? What, what, what matters to me?
1: What, what's my truth? I love that. <laughs> and that's also, less of the maybe the masculine dynamic of conversation of assertiveness and maybe more of the the yielding and the the feminine strength of Mm. being able to stay present and grounded and uh, so to me that is also i hear some men say i don't want to be like a woman don't give me Mm. communication skills like a woman i think that there could be a strong presence because i don't I don't see you in that light. I don't see other people in light. When I'm in that space, I don't see myself in that light. I see it as such a courageous strength. Does that come for you? Any questioning about being able to take up your space and pause and having to maybe be challenged by the usual dynamic that's fast paced and and pushy?
0: It it definitely is a challenge. No, I really appreciate that, Prepo. I don't know if I've ever connected that to the gender dynamic of of male female. I feel as if growing up in the South, uh, as you know, as identifying as a male, I um, accumulated a certain style of speaking that at times is very combative, or is so much about wanting to seem right or wanting to seem smart. And taking whether it's taking pauses, or being tender in some way, or checking in with yourself—it's—it it, you're right—it's—it's it's swimming against the the cultural stream a little bit of of being a man and and not necessarily fulfilling tropes that that are masculine. And so, there are moments when in a relationship with another man, I feel that that other person start to do that and I feel in myself sort of wanting to almost mirror that what I found is that a lot of times with friendships like when you become vulnerable then that other person is willing to do that as well it's whether you're becoming vulnerable or you're dropping into the relational bit you're almost inviting the person to play a little bit of a different game with you it's like this is not about being right like let's let's connect here and like what
1: matters to us. Like being an inspiration by just how you are and to see if that person wants to to meet you on that level. Totally. Your friend Thomas that I've had on the podcast before, he's a, a good person to play with. I think you said uh, you knew of him in high school but you became friends in college. Right. right. Has your relationship cultivated this authentic way of relating together as young men—it has, yeah,
0: yeah. Thomas is uh, one of my closest friends, and someone I I look up to and admire and, and love deeply. And you know, in college, a foundation of our friendship was pretty shallow. It was a, we were both in fraternities, sort of going out together, and um, since then have, have been on different paths, but uh, have both. Really, in the last year or two, I feel so much closer to him because we've both brought some of our learnings and, and values to bear in the relationship. Um, we just went on this wonderful drive on the Blue Ridge Parkway two days ago and just were able to to speak to each other in a way that felt so so raw and so real. That relationship is one that I feel safe to express myself and I feel seen and heard in a way that I don't often
1: get in, in relationships. Mm. It's a gift. You know, it's a gift that both of you are giving each other, but it's a gift that you're going to be also taking into other relationships. Yeah. And, and as we spoke about y- yesterday, I'm imagining that as you're having that experience with Thomas or other people, how you're going to take that in and have taken it in like with your family and conversations with with your father that you spoke of. I would love for you to tell people about how that dynamic of your relationship, your father is shifting and how you spoke to him with your need of that.
0: Mm. I'd love to, I appreciate that, the invitation. So my father is a remarkable man, someone I, I care deeply about. You know, growing up with three siblings, a lot of our relationship revolved around Ah, uh, discipline. He was a little bit of the, you know, he was the the person that would hand out punishments to us. He had to sort of be that person because in high school I was, you know, I was rambunctious. My twin brother and I would sneak out of the house sometimes, and 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 since college, there's been residue from from kind of the, the strictly father son relationship. That's all about I'm the father. I know what's best for you. This is what you should do. Over time, though gradually what has happened is my dad has started to see me as autonomous as someone that he can learn a little bit from while also still you know he still gives me advice and we still i still really want to be his son right i mean forever for the rest of my life that's one of the greatest gifts and yet i also think to enter into an adult relationship with him has meant to sometimes drop into that relational realm sometimes and be like, Dad, when you're talking to me like that, or when we're talking about this topic, I don't feel respected right now as a man, as an adult. And i I need to sometimes say that to him. And for no fault of his own, that's been a challenge for him to sort of it's it's like, you know, we're growing together. A <laughs> relationship is this dynamic thing. But the hard part about a a parent-child relationship is that even though it's dynamic like every relationship it's also anchored on all of this stuff from from early childhood and and it's just, so it's just inevitable that that growing into an adult relationship is is messy and complex and so the most recent instantiation or that's a big word. The most recent, uh, example. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me what that word <laughs> means. <laughs> means. kind of just example. Nice. The most recent example of all of this was, um, back in April, I had just had some, some conversations with dad, about my dad, about my career. Um, my dad's in commercial real estate. He went to business school and he has worked incredibly hard to, to, um, give his four kids a private education and, and so many other gifts and and his career has been I'm just so I've, I've learned so much from him from from that and so when I was leaving college I, I thought oh maybe business school is right for me so I ended up taking the the gmat um, in 2017 right after I graduated and I studied really hard for it I gave myself the time to do that and i I did pretty well and and so now my dad is sort of saying you know Benjamin you You took the the GMAT, why don't you go use that score and and go to business school? And I don't think I wanna go to business school. You know, I I have have thought the past few years since taking it, I feel like my path has been moving just away from the business world or away, away from like a business degree. Now in five or 10 years, maybe that's right for me. You know, I'm open to that, but it doesn't feel right right now. And that's been just hard for my dad to sort of to understand and and come to appreciate is that even though I worked hard for that, and even though that's what he did, that that might not be what I want. And so we had this really special time period, Prepo, where we were up on a, on a farm where my grandfather grew up. This is a, a farm about an hour north of Nashville in Castalion Springs, Tennessee. It's a land that it's been in my family for a while. And and my dad, um, your dad's yeah. side of the family, my dad's side of the family. Yeah. And, uh, my dad grew up spending so much time there. And so did I during the summers, I, I went to live there right after I, I got back from DC, I had, you know, just left a job and my dad and I lived there by ourselves for 10 days. Mm. And it was so special to get to just share that time with him. It was a lot of a lot of silence, some, some good walks, watching the birds cooking together. And that, I think it took that for us to, to see and hear each other in a way that, that felt raw and, and powerful. And so now I'm just so hopeful for that relationship because it's been one where if you had told me like two years ago that I would be where I'm at with my, early, my relationship with my dad, I would have been like, no way. But I feel it's really um been so special and I love
1: I'm I feel grateful for to him for, for all of that. To shift that energy into more of a adult relationship, even though there you have the father and son dynamic, but now to see each other as more adult relating. Yeah. And and how is that also with how you expressed earlier about taking a pause of not knowing what it is that you are gonna go into and that expectation that people have of people that go to undergraduate school, you immediately go on to graduate school. And how, how did you relate to him and other people around, hey, I'm taking some space, I've taken some years to cultivate what I want to and feel into what it is I want. How, how's that process for you?
0: It was It was hard because what i really came to realize after i took the gmat and i was like okay i'm going to business school but then uh i did a a year abroad in malaysia i was teaching english there and that was such a um, important year for, for my personal growth i loved teaching i loved being abroad mm. and you know my my meditation practice really deepened while i was there and so getting back i i almost feel like I, I was like, okay, I'm certain that I had business school, and now what I know is basically I don't know. It's just like uncertainty, and so to say that to my dad was hard because he's sort of asking, what What do you think? Like, what What graduate school do you want? And I could come up with an answer, but that That's not true. I don't. I don't know. I can give him some idea, and I ha- I have some ideas, but but I don't feel strongly enough right now that I want to apply. I want to even apply next fall um, now things could change i 'm always open to that, but i 'm staying in this moment i don 't feel i don 't feel like I need to to rush to go to graduate school and it feels so good to be able to say that even to you right now mm. as a young person sometimes not sometimes all the time we feel pressure to perform or pressure to get somewhere in our careers and and that's hard. That pressure is really hard. It's like this weight that that we
1: bear. Yeah, yeah. I can see that pressure that's put on to you about society, and I just reflect on how many adults would come up to you and say, "So, what are you studying? What's your major? What right. what kind of job you want?" Instead yeah. of inquiring into, you know, tell me about how kind of a person you are. What what, what are your dreams? What 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 are you grappling with internally? That's not really what what most of society is mm-hmm. is gifting young people to contemplate so mm-hmm. it's just fantastic that that you're doing that mm.
0: thank you i appreciate that i know you yourself made a, a jump from the corporate world to to such different kind of work what led you to that decision i'm I'm curious mm-hmm. how that was for you and well i don't i'm
1: just gonna i'll just i'll stop there how, how was that for you I was about thirty in contemplating that, and so that's why I think like it's it's so beautiful that you're doing it even at a younger age. And a big springboard was my father died when I was twenty nine, mm. so there was a release in some way of some of expectations, even mm-hmm. though I didn't feel it on a on a material level for him. There was still trying to make it in the world a certain way. We was proud of my corporate business. Experiences and so forth, and and I don't know how it'd have been to say, you know, I'm I'm gonna go explore and go meditate and and uh, go find myself in a different way. Yeah. Um, so there was a a release that I had in that to be able to do that um, differently than I think most people have, and yet my mother and other people were questioning it. And so, yeah, sinking into authenticity, I get you. It's. <laughs> It's a it's a real challenge, but the more I know that I did it and made those decisions and stuck by it, the more grounding it felt. Whether it's like I'm gonna continue to grow my hair long and yeah. keep an airing in, and I don't give a damn what people say about it, and I'm <laughs> gonna do it because it feels right. That's kind of like a little bit of the buildup in that. Mm.
0: Wow, mm. I I appreciate you sharing that. It's it's always wonderful to hear. When people make that kind of decision, that's so true for them, and it leads to
1: to growth and release and feeling feeling seen. Yeah. Sometimes, as we know, it's not always just this yes, you know, feels so right. There's there's some fear and there's like yeah. risk taking, not knowing what's on the other side. But I know that when there is this pull of at least the need to experiment and take the risk. Um, There's a lot of like what I say, I call the juice out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I think we owe it to ourselves to take those risks to find out more of who we are. So I'm so glad that, that you're doing it and you're an inspiration for others. And, and especially in this field of, of authentic relating, this is what we need to do in this world, how Mm -hmm. lack of tolerance. And it's even getting out of hand with all ways of social media communication and so can you tell us a little bit more about now you're you're working for a company that is that's the focus.
0: That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to tell you a little bit. So I I've just uh, just joined a company called Authentic Relating Training, ART. Art is the acronym, and they are the largest uh, trainers for authentic relating. So authentic relating is a way of communicating and relating to others that leads to to deep intimacy and to, to connection. And so there are currently four levels for the course our courses that we teach. Um, so you start with level one. and these these courses are are, are tremendous. I'm um, actually starting my level one this this week. so I'm joining the company, but also getting to to start level one and i've done done some authentic relating exercises in the past but the idea is is to to transform yourself you you have to transform your relationships and the way that you communicate and that that the two really go hand in hand and so authentic relating they do well before the pandemic would do trainings in person all over the world australia and in, in europe asia Toronto and all over the US. And now a lot of the offerings are, are online. But yeah, it's, it's really he, there. It's, it's sort of this, the intersection of communication and, and
1: presence. That's what I'm, I'm excited to dive into. How does it show up in the company itself? Do, do, are they practicing it within the employees?
0: Yeah, great question. They are, and in, in a really beautiful way it's sort of a two-part phrase, but one of the core principles is welcome everything and assume nothing. <laughs> welcome everything, assume nothing. So even in my, I believe it was my interview process, they said, Benjamin, everything is welcome here. If you're feeling a certain way or you need to name something, they, they told me from day one, we communicate with with transparency. I'm still training right now, but it's been amazing to to get to, have a work relationship where if i'm uh feeling you know overwhelmed about something i get to i can express that and and feel feel seen in that and so internally at the company they they really strive to to practice what they preach to implement this and that's uh i feel i feel like just really grateful to have found a company
1: that does that (laughs) Yeah, because most companies, they poo-poo it. That's like, they don't have time for that kind of interacting. It's like, we need to um, focus on the business at hand and all the emotional stuff and any of that conflict. We'll just do that in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. But to be encouraged, that that is like the main thing to work through and that making it the mission of actually what the company is, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's working with companies as well as individuals, organizations and that's right. Yeah. A, a company could come to Authentic Relating and
0: do and, and hire a, one of our trainers or course leaders to, to do a training for the whole company. The majority of our, of our work and our offerings are just to individuals who sign up for our courses, but sometimes a whole team will sign up. And then we also have an Authentic uh, Leadership Program, ALP, for managers, for mm any kind of facilitator or or coach or life coach, you know, that it's a really uh, a wonderful thing. That's actually just launching our, or we
1: just started that in September. Any idea where you want to go with that in the company? What is there a striving that you want to say, Ooh, I want to do this for the company or any thoughts of what you know so far?
0: Yeah. From, from what I know so far, I would love to be a, a course leader one day and, and teach authentic relating uh, so teach, you know, whether it's a level one course or, you know, I, I still have so much to learn and I'm just I'm about to to take this level one course. But I do think that that is a is a goal of mine. Listening to these course leaders and hearing about what they do has been so cool. And I'm like, I, I would love to to be there one day. And um It's a really cool toolkit to have to be able to bring this because anyone who's trained in authentic relating can then bring those exercises and that way of being to their company, to their family, to any, to other parts of their life. The goal is to have that ripple effect. But to answer your question, yeah, I do think I'm, I I hope to, to be a course leader and and a teacher one day. Just want to trust and surrender to
1: that. I think you'd be great at it. Absolutely. I'd be funneling a lot of people towards you. Man. <laughs> How did you move into that with authentic relating? Did you take other, other courses on communication or presence? I know you talked about your meditation, but what led you up into finding even, um, ART?
0: Yeah, it definitely was my general fascination with like meditation and mindfulness that has sort of led to this both directly and indirectly. About a year ago, I first heard about authentic relating. I believe it was on a podcast, or or maybe one of the authors I've read mentioned it in his book. And I just started following their work a little bit, looking at their website, and then I took a, a course called Micro Solidarity, which is by a guy named Richard Bartlett, um, who lives in Australia, and. Microsolidarity was a lot about um, how to make decisions as a group in a decentralized way that still, you know, you achieve consensus or or consent in some cases, but it's decentralized and, and, and asynchronous sometimes. Um, but anyways, on that course, um, there was a course leader from Authentic Relating who led us in an exercise called Empathy Yoga. Mm. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And I was like, oh, yeah, authentic relating. This is a cool thing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, empathy yoga? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So empathy yoga, it's with a partner. You do it for 10 to 20 minutes. You can do it with any really kind of deep question. The question that we we did it with was a little bit of a conflict. So it was something like, what is something that's going on in your life that you are struggling with? That kind of open-ended if you were person one and I was person two, you would answer that question for, for four minutes uninterrupted and I would just listen. Then I would uh, take about one minute and just repeat back to you what I heard. I would say, Prepo, this is uh, kind of what I hear in your situation. After hearing me mirror back, you can either revise what you said or or add a little bit, add some more details that come to mind. Then from there, this is one of my favorite parts you, you can do it with different lengths of time, but you sit in silence. You just sit for a minute or a few minutes and just see what comes up and you're both there together. After that, then you start to drop into the relational. I can say, you know, Prepo, being with you, I feel this way. Or, or hearing you, you talk about that, I, I feel this way. Um, so you, you do that for a few minutes, you're in the relational realm. And then towards the end, if if you want this is another interesting bit if you would like advice about that thing you have the option to say hey benjamin like I, I would like some advice or you could say i'm you know this is something i'm struggling with i'm not looking for advice right now but you still get to share about it and so you don't i don't give you advice but i just i'm just there to listen and so that was like powerful man i was like mm. whoa like i did this with a stranger over zoom And by the end of it, you feel like lighter and like a little bit of a release. And that was, that was, that was wonderful. And so that, that kind of led me to um, eventually apply for this, this position and and join
1: the team. Mm. Empathy yoga. (laughs) It also reminds me of, uh, I had a recurring guest, Kathy Courtney on my podcast where she does, uh, she's a a trainer and leader in circling and Mm. circling is, is similar where, uh, somebody speaks of what what's coming up for them and asks that same question. When I'm hearing you say that, this is what's coming up for me. Yeah, and then another inquiry. So it's kind of like really mm. circling that person's experience. And I know when I've been on the receiving end and that I feel so, so seen. And the circular aspect, I gotta really pay attention. You know, be really curious and interested of what's going on and not judgmental and and just be open to that person's experience and validate. So that's, that's a wonderful way to do that together back and forth.
0: Mm -hmm. I do know that some of the course leaders in authentic relating also lead circling. Mm. So, um, I think there's huge overlap between those two and, and it's, uh,
1: it's, it's cool to
0: hear about, um, that, that guest of
1: yours. Mm. And also you taking another course right now that you're working with a partner can tell us a little bit about, about that course. Yeah, I'd love to, there's a, um,
0: a Dharma teacher, a meditation and mindfulness teacher who I love named Oren J. Sofer. Um, and we can link this in the show notes for your, for your guests, but he wrote a book called say what you mean, a mindful approach to nonviolent communication. And that came out, I think last year and I read it and I was immediately like, Whoa, this is, this is awesome. And so hard to practice, but he takes nonviolent communication (NVC) and that whole framework, and then he marries it with with mindfulness. You know, my sense is that some people see N- NVC as a little bit robotic sometimes, where the way mm-hmm. you communicate can be formulaic or it's yeah. not approachable or relatable. And so, Oren sort of takes NVC and. Infuses it with mindfulness. So his his three things that he wants you to focus on are first lead with presence Second come from curiosity and care and Then third is focus on what matters And so I'm now taking an online course with him where we have a conversation partner Each week there are a little bit of there are different practices. We are doing with with our partner um, so for the week on leading with presence, a lot of it was about noticing how you're feeling in that current moment. And then while the other person is talking, you are staying as, as present as possible and, and choosing an anchor point. So um, one of the ones that, that was hard for me, but I, I tried was called relational awareness. And this goes back to something I mentioned earlier. You're balancing, you're holding both your own feelings and, and sort of body and in, in your attention while also noticing what's going on with the other. So that you're aware at one time of both things going on. And so in these exercises that your partner will speak for a few minutes about something going on in their life or their week. You're choosing that anchor point. And then at the end you get to reflect with your partner. How was that for was it easier? Was it was it harder when you were the listener? You get to talk about about how it goes the second one which i'll briefly share is um we're we're still in the course but we practice with intention what kind of intention do you have in your conversation so we got to talk about what our habitual intentions are and then try to have a conversation where we set an intention of curiosity and compassion and care and then hold that intention throughout and come back to it, and, and notice it when, it
1: when it fades. Habitual intentions. So mm-hmm. we have to be aware of what our own habitual intentions are, we share that? Is that what you say?
0: Yeah, yeah, there was a prompt that was like, what, what, do, what do you think your habitual intentions are? And they listed some examples like, to be right, to win, to sound smart, to be sanctimonious or righteous, you know, to, to seem like holier than thou. Yeah, Yeah, me (laughs) me too, right? It's like, whoa, I do all of these. And what's crazy is like, when you think about that, you're like, oh, but like, what I really care about is just like understanding the other Hmm. and connecting. That's what I really want. But shit, like when I'm with my, my friend, like sometimes I'll just like, the reason I'm talking is to seem right or to win. And it's like those are our our habitual intentions.
1: That's great. I, I'm I'm starting to, uh, feel some self-compassion. First judgment around. Yeah, man. Like for some people, like I, some people I hang around with, I want I want them to laugh. I want you know them to think that I'm funny. And mm. do I just deflect that? And I'm like, hmm, let me have some self-compassion around that because. Some laughter is really good to be able to let go of some of the holdings, and that could be a wonderful way to to relate so there's an interesting aspect of having a habitual awareness of of that, whether I'm judging myself or having some self compassion and curiosity mm. yeah, absolutely.
0: What came up for me as you're talking is. In some instances, like wanting to be funny and to make others laugh is a really beautiful intention that you should follow. But maybe in others, if you're doing it too much, then it it's becoming a, a habitual intention
1: that's not leading to connection. And maybe that's with what you talked about earlier is to not make it habitual by having the awareness of what the choice point is mm. to bring that in. Like, is it just because I've said that story over and over, I know I'm gonna get a laugh. Or is it right now, does it feel authentic to bring that in and there's a choice point whether to express that or to lay back and to have some silence to see mm. what's bubbling up. So I think that, that I'm going to play with that choice point more.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. What, what I'm thinking about is like in group settings, even just asking yourself that question of like, okay, I, I was about to share something. Am I sharing this? to be right or to be funny or because like, I think that this is sort of the group energy right now and it does feel really alive. And even just dropping in that question to yourself of like, why am I doing this or why am I sharing this? I think just the asking of the question itself is the most important thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe even doing it out loud. What I'm aware of right now Mm. is a part of me wants to ask this question for this reason. And another part of me knows that I can go to this choice. Yeah, I want to sit with this and see how it comes up. Boy, taking up that space mm. in a conversation is is risky, but that's authentic relating.
0: Yeah, something like you know, I'm I'm noticing myself want wanting to share this story. Like, is is that okay with y'all?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, man, this is beautiful. I'm so glad that you brought this to my attention as I was hearing you relate to somebody else when we were in Thomas's house and, and that you were into it and to investigate more about it. And and I want to honor your time today, but also if there's just anything before we finish that you feel that you wanna share with me in this way and with other people that are now listening and eavesdropping, what what would that be? Mm.
0: I think I just wanna share encouragement while I'm I'm certainly young, I have seen in my own life how much change can happen, and how much better I feel about myself, how much happier I am, and and not just happier, but, but bringing my light to the world because of a commitment to this world of meditation, to this world of authentic communication. And you can come at it from so many different angles, but I want to offer that encouragement because... I also have become demotivated sometimes. I don't always with either my meditation practice, or it's it's really easy to get discouraged. But over time, it is remarkable, Prepo, what what mm-hmm. happens. And I know you know, and and so I just want to offer that encouragement that that I've seen in the last few years the the changes that can take place in relationships and in a relationship to yourself, and also accepting that the humility that I that I have of mm-hmm. like. So much more to learn, um, and so I want to remind myself of that even now that I care about people in the world and that I want to continue to, to stay
1: humble and and curious. Hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah, that feeds my encouragement around the same thing. Um, talking to you and around the humility and openness. It's interesting. If I, I'm old enough to be your dad, and <laughs> and so like there's an interesting dynamic of of, of that. But n- that doesn't play in about how I feel close to you and, and uh, interested in, in this connection and, and friendship and not go down that uh, society aspect of I got twice as many years yeah. and, and all that bullshit and just yeah. to see you who you are and to have you now, I feel a lot of love for you, have you in my life, mm. you know whether it was just today or how the future might, might hold. And I'm just yeah. so hopeful for your future and the people that you're going to connect with and and how you're going to be an inspiration and uh yeah i I, so there's this fatherly thing says i'm proud of you boy i'm proud (laughs) of you but as a friend too you know Mm. uh, Mm. cultivating a friendship so Mm. yeah i accept it as both
0: prepo Mm. Um, thank you it it means a lot to hear you say that Mm. and uh thanks for having me on this is this is a lot of fun yeah i'm um just feeling, feeling grateful and, and excited about watching you grow as well.
1: Mm, thank you. We're going to do this again. Absolutely. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Prepo. Mm-hmm. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And before we go, I want to mention a few things. You can now go to my website, prepo.com and click on the guided meditation page where I have some of my recorded guided meditations for purchase. And there is more to come. If you are interested in my counseling and consulting services, check out my website again, prepo.com, and you can contact me and we can talk about it. And if you enjoy this podcast, please go to Apple Podcast and leave us a review. And you can find us on Instagram at PrepoToplitsky Okay folks, I hope your days are sweet I hope that you are relating to each other well, that you feel good connections and that you're able to practice that kindness to yourself so that you can spread it out to the world We need it Mm-hmm. Hope you make yourselves a beautiful day
0: Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC, of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor, Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.